You're listening to the Empowered Woman, Badass and Unfiltered Podcast, a place for inspiration, empowerment, and personal development. Showcasing badass women from all over the world, giving tips on personal development, mindset, and healing. I'm your host, Olivia, transformational success coach for spiritual female entrepreneurs. Now let's dive into this episode. Welcome back to the Empowered Woman Badass and Unfiltered Podcast. Today, we are talking about love, marriage, divorce, suicide, you know, life, straight up life. Today, I have Joanna Richards, and she's sharing her story of being married seven times. She's changed her life dramatically in the last 20 years. Her first six marriages include abuse from many different forms, divorce and suicide. Through her struggles, she's learned to take better care of herself, stand up for herself, and believe in herself. And that's what we're going to empower you ladies to do as well. She also has a book out sharing her story, but I, you know, I have the pleasure of having her here today. So let's go ahead and get into it. Hi. Thank you so much for joining me today. Well, thanks for the great introduction. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> of course, of course. So how young were you when you first got married? I was, I had just turned 20 and that marriage lasted a year. <laughs> so. And what was, what was that one like? Well, um, as you and I've discussed before, and I discussed in the book, I, I was a Mormon for like 30 years. So, you know, you're encouraged to, to meet and fall in love and, you know, get married to somebody in the church and, you know, raise this big family and live happily ever after. And so the first guy I met, not the first guy I met, but the first guy I married, um, he, he was look. I mean, his, his family was pressuring him to get married. So we met at a dance, you know, we started dating and whatever, but we were going to two different colleges. So we didn't see each other a lot. Um, and we seemed to be getting along just fine. You know, he proposed, we had this lovely, beautiful wedding, except for the, the cake top fell off during the reception. So that should have been my first red flag. <laughs> um, and he just thought I was good wife material. I was a home economics major and you know, I wanted all the, the wholesome family stuff because growing up in the 50s, that's kind of how most girls were raised to want all the family stuff in the white picket fence. It turned out, you know, he didn't really love me and he only got married because his family wanted him to get married. And, um, you know, even though I was like the thinnest I've ever been in my life back at age 20, I wasn't thin enough for him because he was a photography major and was, you know, photographing models all day long or whatever. And it's like, you know, go do this exercise, go do this exercise. And it's like, you know, I'm not, I'm not overweight. (laughs) Um, Anyway, just got, he got a little bit physically abusive. He thought it was really funny to uh, pinch the inside of my arms and then laugh about it. And, and finally, you know, we just kept arguing and, you know, it's just, it wasn't going to work out. And then he, you know, we had one big last argument. Not enough. He kicked me out or I just decided it was time to go. And, and then I moved back to Connecticut to be with my family. And almost a year later, it's like, well, 
you know, my family thinks we ought to try again. I go, would well, you want to come to Connecticut and talk to me about it? No, you need to come back to Utah and talk to me. I go, yeah, no. If you're not going to come fight for me, forget it. <laughs> so, you know, it, we ended up in divorce. So that was the, that was the first one. And okay, now you've had a lot of different examples of like toxic relationships in general in your marriages. And so yeah. like, what, what was the different, the, I'm sure there's a plethora, a diversity of toxicity that you've experienced. So do you want to share some of those? I think for me, it was um, two things. One you know, like you've mentioned, there were several types of abuse. There was heavy physical abuse or heavy enough for me in, in marriage number three of both my daughter and I, and, you know, there was a lot of emotional abuse in many of the relationships. Uh, you know, it's like one, one <laughs> I'm a bookkeeper. I've been a bookkeeper for a very long time. Husband number four said, well, you don't have a real job because you're just a bookkeeper. So you're just using your brain. And he had a, like a physical job. It's like, okay, dude, but I make more money than you do. <laughs> and, and I'm working just as hard as you are. But it's like, okay, well, I think I do have a real job. And, you know, if you saw me now, I'm, I'm making very good money at my bookkeeping. And, you know, it's every bit of a good real job is anything. And, and you know, one of the husbands, <clears throat> he was never good with money. And we were always living on the edge. And... <clears throat> I had like a widow's pension from when my daughter's father died. And, you know, I was always having to use that for the family funds, even though I was also working. <clears throat> and then, you know, he invested some money I was managing, <clears throat> sorry, and lost it all. And then I had to repay that to the person who, you know, I was managing that for. And, and, and that was horrible. I had to end up suing him. and you know, it, it's it's those kind of things. I ended up going into bankruptcy because I went way into debt after all that. And it's like, and if you've, and there's no judgment against bankruptcy, but if you've had ever had to go through the process, it can be very humiliating. And, you know, your life is right out. I mean, my life's right out there in front anyway, but to go into court and say, you owe all these people money and there's no way you can possibly pay them back. And that's, you know, just, not who I want to be. And then to have him show up in court with his new wife and their three babies at the time, it's like, okay, <laughs> but at least I got to point to the judge and say, he's the guy that, you know, is the reason why I'm here, but it was, it was these kind of things. And, um, like my daughter's father, yeah, my daughter's father, he was, we had like a one month courtship. So I don't advise that to anybody. So number one, there's a problem there, but you know, we hit it off and he wanted to get married on his first, his older daughter's birthday. Cause he couldn't see her. So, okay, here's where the people pleasing comes in. So that's, you know, when I, I said, okay, we'll do that. So we hurried and got married within a month and I was pregnant right away. And, and then it turns out, Oh, you've got a, a, a drug problem. I mean, a, he was addicted to Valium from an uh, accident or an injury in the Navy. Okay. So now you're addicted to Valium. Nobody told me and you drink too much. And nobody told me before we got married. <laughs> and, and I didn't see that in the month, the month that we courted. 
So, you know, his family just thought, well, if he marries a nice Mormon girl, he'll straighten out. I go, you know, that, that doesn't, being a nice Mormon girl doesn't straighten anybody's life out. <laughs> so th- that, w- that was hard. Um, the, other, the other problem, one of the other problems about the toxicity is, and, you know, I left the Mormon church after 30 years. I didn't have any trauma or bad experience with the church on its own. It was that I married five Mormons who turned out to be terrible husbands. And, you know, you're taught, okay, the husband is the head of the household. And you're not taught to follow him blindly, but that's what I ended up trying to do. It's like, well, I, I want to, you know, help him feel like he's the head of the household. And, you know, so we'll, I'll just defer to him. And it's like, what I, what I have going through my head or, you know, what I think that we should do on this situation obviously didn't matter. And, um, you know, you just do what he says. It's like, okay, that didn't, that didn't work, obviously. But there was one time, husband number three, like I said, he was physically abusive, but he wasn't physically abusive, like right away. He was really, my daughter was a toddler at the time we met, and he was strict. And I thought, okay, he's, he's, you know, interested in being a father. And, you know, that was always my goal, have a, a father relationship for her and, and happy little marriage. And, you know, then we got in a fight and he broke all the windows in our motor, mobile home. And it's like, okay, this isn't good. And then we decided to move to Ohio and, and the church, uh, they're called bishops. They're like Pat, you know, the minister. And he's like, well, do you think he's going to hurt you? And I go, no, I don't, I don't think so. By the time we moved to Ohio, you know, then he was, you know, hitting my daughter. He slapped me around. Well, he slapped me a few times, but you know, once is more than enough. And it's like, I don't advise anybody to tolerate that. Um, but again, no judgments. Like it took me a couple of years to get out of that. Um, but also before we ever moved to Ohio, because, you know, he wanted to be in charge. He had a huge inferiority complex, but he wanted to be in charge. And for some reason, he got mad at my parents and then forbade me to go see my family. And they just lived like, you know, 20 minutes away when we were in California. And that was so hard because I was really close with my family. I mean, it's still close, but my parents are gone now. But um, to to say that I can't go see my family because I didn't. And I can't take my gra- my daughter to see their grandparents. And that that was toxic. <laughs> and even when I was seeing them, you know, if I wasn't home when he thought I should be home, he'd call around and start asking people where I was and why wasn't I. It's like, okay, this this isn't good. <laughs> uh, so that that was a very toxic relationship. And it took me, I think we were together like three years. And um, finally, I said, you know, enough is enough. And I asked my mom and my grandma to help me with the money for a plane ticket to go from Ohio back to California, which they did. And Ohio had like a couple of blizzards and like he'd come home from work because he was a a, a ambulance, an EMT. He wasn't a full-blown paramedic, but he was an EMT. So he'd, you know, work a couple of days and then come home. And so he came home, you know, between shifts and I said, well, I'm leaving and you're taking us to the airport. And that's all there is to it. And he was dumbfounded. And But it took a couple of years to get the divorce because we kept fighting over child support. I'd let him adopt my daughter. And it was just a big mess. And he, she saw him a few times after that. But, you know, by a few years later, you know, she didn't want to see him. We had horrible memories of living with him. And, you know, he he would one time 
you know, she was four. She went to bed during a nap. He made her go outside, get a you know tree branch or a switch so he could spank her with it. You know, it was just, there was nothing good about that relationship. And yet listening to an interview with his, his uh, he married somebody else after, you know, we split up and listening to a daughter that he had with that wife, she just thought he was the best dad and he did nothing wrong and there was never any abuse. Like, oh, well, I, maybe he changed, but I doubt it. Most abusive people don't change, but, you know, good for them if he did. And he's gone now anyway. So, um, so there, there was just a lot of, a lot of abuse and a lot of it was, oh, you're overweight. You're not good enough. I, I'm not attracted to you at this moment. It's like, Okay, so that means you're perfect and you can look however you want or treat me however you want. And and I'm the one who's got to change. It was always the men thought I was the one who needed to change. <laughs> so there, there's another level of toxicity. And and husband number six, you know, we, we only la- some of these marriages, most of them only lasted a year. A couple lasted five years. But uh, I said, well, I'm going to therapy. Will you come with me? No, it, it's all on you. It's like, really? <laughs> So it's just like at at that point, you know, and my daughter remarked to me not too long ago, um, it's like, good for you that, you know, after a certain point, you could see that, okay, well, this isn't going to work out. So I I didn't stick around to see how bad it could get. So that, that was, that was one thing. And then meeting my current husband, I love him dearly. He's not perfect, but, you know, we've learned to talk a lot. And even though after 20 years, we're still learning how to better communicate with each other. And it's not been, it's, it's not easy. You know, he's, it's, it's not easy. And, but, you know, we've been together over 20 years. So, so that's saying something we have made a lot of progress since the other marriages I've had. And, but it was like, always, I kept hoping that you know, the next one would be better. I kept hoping, okay, here's going to be the little family that I want for my daughter. Here's the true love. I, you know, keep wanting with the white picket fence. I want my knight on shining armor. And, and what, and yes, I, I'm, I'm married and I, I love my husband, but I still have to take care of myself and I still have to stick up for myself. And I still have to say, I don't agree with you on that. And we better figure out how to talk about it so that we're not blowing up at each other. Um, so I, you know, he, he does know that I have my own opinions about things and, and uh, so he's, he's getting used to that. But I, for the longest time, I would just kind of go with whatever the man wanted or whatever the man said, or, you know, well, he's the head of the household. He must be right. And, you know, it wasn't like, and I, I always wanted to be a stay at home mom. And because of fertility issues, that didn't happen. I have one great daughter. I've ended up working most of my life. I've been a single mom you can tell off and on for several times. And, you know, and I'm not uh, feeling sorry for myself. I don't, I don't see myself as a victim. I just kept trying. I just kept picking the wrong men. (laughs) And I should have probably been in therapy before each man. And we should have gone to couples counseling and, you know, premarital counseling, because I was telling my daughter, I said, you know, I took a class, the Mormon church at the different colleges, they have they're called it's called the institute so it's like you can go and it was like usually at a building uh, you know separate from the the college campus but they would have like religious classes or spiritual classes based on church topics and things like that so I took a class once on you know 
how to have a happy marriage or getting you know, something like that. And okay, I'm doing the workbook. I'm answering the questions. I don't remember if, if the boyfriend at the time and I sat down and ever answered those questions together. <laughs> it's like, okay, here's what I know I want. Here's what I know was important. But it, again, my advice to anybody would be take the time to get to know each other and don't be, and again, in the Mormon church too, you're not supposed to have sex before marriage and you're certainly not supposed to live together before marriage. So there was another problem. You got hormones raging, you're both adults and well, we better get married if we want to have sex. So, you know, we hurry and got married. So again, I, and, and now I would say, yeah, live with the person, <laughs> live with the person, or at least spend a lot of time with them and really talk about the important stuff. And like during COVID, my daughter and I have been sitting here going over different things and comparing notes. And it's like, let's, we need to make like a bucket list of, you know, what, what would you ask differently now? Well, now that you've you know lived with somebody or not during COVID, it's like, what would you look for differently than, you know, it's like, can the, she's going, well, can the person, how do they function during a pandemic? <laughs> you know, this kind of thing. And, and can you talk to them about intellectual topics? One of the, the things that attracted me to my current husband right now is like, oh, he's really smart. I really like talking to a really smart person. So we had lots of things we could talk about. And, and that was very helpful. Now, um, let's see, have I answered? <laughs> no, I'm just I, I'm, like... I'm eating this up. Like there's so much. I, I'm, I'm really enjoying this. Um, there is a lot. I, I like, I, I did not, for me, I've been married once. I'm still married to this man Yay. and, uh, you know, it's been six years. Um, and I, we didn't live together before we got married. We actually lived 500 miles apart from each other for like the first year of our relationship. Uh-huh. And, um, marriage ain't easy in general. Like marriage is work, but, marriage but is. when you do it, I feel like when you, when you find what works for you right, and your partner, like as a whole, and when you really become one, I feel like there's so many surface level things that like, especially with different term, like different types of scripture that it's just, it's past the head because it's just like, they make it so complicated when really it's like, be able to talk about the, the, you know, anything. Right. And I, I love that you brought that up with like, after, you know, a pandemic, like my husband <laughs> and I went through a, uh, we evacuated from a hurricane in oh 2018. So like we lost like our house and our belongings and all the stuff. I'm so but, sorry. Oh, you know what? It was things. We were very blessed throughout the entire time with him being in the military. So right. I, I mean, I was able to do a fundraiser for the people back in Florida during that time, nice. it, but we had to actually work together. We started doing personality tests together oh, and wow. to see how to properly communicate with each other because right. we're both hotheaded. And like, <laughs> I mean, and I mean, I, I, God's been working on me. And I mean, how did you like not give up on God? How did you like, I have so many questions for you, actually. How okay. did you not give up on God? How did you build your self-worth? So yeah, those two, I guess that I want, like, how did you like, you know, being 
that you you pray for this man. You you know what you want in a husband, but yet you keep getting these things. It's like God, why are you getting not that? <laughs> so, so you know, it's like I was. I wouldn't say I was the best Mormon because, you know, it's like I I didn't always follow the the no sex before marriage law, but uh, you know, it's like. But I was a pretty good Mormon and I was active right up until the time I started dating my current husband, who is not a member. And all of a sudden, and it, it's not it's like, so well, I'll just lay it out there. It's like, I don't believe in the, the Christian, I don't follow the Christian, I don't believe in the Christian God concept anymore. Um, I totally left the Mormon church just because it, I didn't feel I needed that structure I, I do have a very spiritual life. So I do believe there is a higher power and it's, you know, everybody has their own form of the higher power. Absolutely. Um, so, and so I, I do, um, you know, I have a gratitude practice. I, I, I meditate off and on. I take lots of walks. I connect with nature and that's a very that's spiritual piece because you yeah, that is where I found my peace. And you have a really good level of peace and how you talk about the church is not, yeah. you don't degrade the church at all. And I mean, yeah. like, and I, and I appreciate that. And I mean, I was, I was baptized in 2019. I was born a Buddhist. I am, I respect other people's religious views and that's not something that's common in our day and age, but I, you know, I, I do. And I th- thank you for sharing that because, sure. you know, everybody does have a different view on spirituality for those right. that are spiritual people. So thank you for right. sharing that. You're welcome. And I, I loved, I was talking to a specific Christian church. He called himself a spiritual Christian, which I thought was a lovely phrase. Um, I'd never heard it phrased like that, but that, that was lovely because he's still very spiritual, but like me, he, he also believes in, you know, just things that are outside the norm of like, one would think of a Christian. It's like, I believe in fairies. I talk to dead people. I, you know, I'm, I'm totally in the woo. Um, but, and that's part of, that's part of my spirituality. And part of it is, is learning that there is a vast, there's a vast galactic community. So, you know, regardless of whether you believe in, you know, beings beyond who lives on earth, it's like there is this, and even if you're just thinking about earth, there's this vast community of people and not people, but, you know, we don't have to go there, but just there's a vast community. And we don't need to be so self-centered and we do need to think about other people. And, you know, maybe that person doesn't look like us, but they're still important and they still have value. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's where I've come. It's like that person has value that thing that doesn't look like a person has value and they're very spiritual that fairy that lives in my house has a lot of value you know and and we haven't mentioned it but my current husband's been in prison for almost 40 years so i go to prison and you know when i first met him a lot of people go oh you're going to prison it's like ew and they assume that if you're in prison you're guilty and a lot of the people in prison are and a lot of them, he pointed to them and it's okay, well, that person's killed that many people. That person's the head of that gang. That's like, really? They're just visiting their mom. And, and they're having a great visit with their wife over there. So I'm not looking at him like, oh, that guy's a, a serial murderer. Um, 
okay, don't point out the rapist to me because I my feelings might get a little judgy or, or the child molesters. Like, don't, but you know, but these other people, I've been in visiting rooms for over 20 years and these seemingly harmful people are just having a lovely visit with their family. So I'm not going in there. And, and, and then my husband's situation is different. He was convicted of something he didn't do. So, you know, that, that's a whole different ball game. And, and we've had to learn to communicate on a different level because it's not like we live together. Yeah. Um, we, we've had a couple of, you know, we've had several weekends where we get to spend like two days together, but that didn't happen until we'd already been married like 15, 16, 17 years and the, the governor had changed that. So we've never lived together. <laughs> I did not know him before he went to prison, but we talk a lot and we write, we write letters every day. So, oh, wow. Yeah, I know you're, <laughs> no, this is, I, maybe I, you didn't I, know I, that. <laughs> No, I, I, this is, it, it's, you have but, it's such an amazing story. Thank you. But you know what we learned because, you know, we couldn't jump into bed together. Now he's cute and I probably would have just cause he's really cute and I was really attracted to him. So I'm just laying myself out there, but, but we couldn't. So we had to develop our relationship by talking and writing letters. So I got to know a whole lot about him and he of me and you know, okay, what foods do we like? You know, what movies do you like? What books do you read? And he's, he's a historian. So he's got all these amazing stories about history. And he was in the military. So I know a lot about a cool, lot of cool military, weird military stuff. You know, so we've had a lot, we, we never, people amaze, it's like, you two never shut up. You never, you never stop talking during visiting. And you know, you can play cards and board games and stuff. We never do any of that in just normal visiting. Now that we've had these like weekends every now and then, we will play, a, you know, dominoes or a board game or something. But he's he's uh, he's always so busy and he's a hard worker and he keeps himself busy and he does hobbies and he mentors people and he works and he's always writing. So it's not like he's just sitting around watching TV. So we've got plenty to talk about and... But again, COVID changed that. So, you know, we all of a sudden weren't visiting each other every week. So now it's like, we have to be very careful. It's like how we say stuff in letters because that person might take it wrong. And, and it's not like he can always call me up and say, what did you mean in that letter? <laughs> so so we, we've had some issues to work through because there's been some misunderstanding just because of the way maybe I worded something or, okay, I'm in, I'm in a crabby mood and you're going to hear it, <laughs> whether it's aimed at you or not, you're just going to hear it um, because I need somebody to vent to, but you know, that's, that's not always what, you know, he needs to read at that moment because he's um, but, but it's also good. He's very busy. Like he'll, you know, he has to, he, he's a leader at the prison. So you know, men look up to him and men come to him when they're stressed out. So he tries to keep a lot of the guys calm. So even though I don't know when that's happening, I'll, you know, I just tell him, here's how my day's going. And okay, I'm, I'm unhappy about this. Or it's like, I'm just crabby. It's like, not you, I'm just crabby, you know? So it's like, okay, I've got the wife out there. I'm trying to keep happy. And I got the men in here. I'm trying to keep happy. So it, it's been a very interesting road. And, you know, we're, we're some of the older people at prison. There's, there's a few guys that are in their seventies and eighties, but not too many, but 
you know, we're one of the older couples and he's, like I said, he's been there almost 40 years and I've known him for half that time. So it's a very interesting relationship. And again, I don't advise everybody just jumping into one of those either. You know, if you were 20, maybe if you knew the guy ahead of time and, and unfortunately if he did something he, he went to prison for, it's like, I could get that. It's like, had I not been in my forties and figured, okay, there's, there's probably not going to be any more kids for me. And I don't really care if I get married or not. And this guy's really nice. I, I would have not looked for, uh, you know, the new boyfriend in prison. So that wasn't where I was going. It just happened. <laughs> it, it, it just happened. And it's been something that's worked for the past 20 years. So yeah, yeah like, but yeah. how do you, like, you just have this level of confidence is this just come over age and like self-assurance you know has that come over age and your self-worth or is it you know something that I mean because you still knew to leave the people that you left I all of a sudden okay, well when I met Mark the current husband he introduced me to some wonderfully interesting topics and for me, it's like, okay, UFOs, aliens, fairies, witchcraft, ghosts. And I'd already been able to, back when I was, I had, I have some gifts and, and I can, you know, tell when a ghost is in the room or, or whatever. It's like, I, I do have different gifts and I've had some of those before, but it was like, all of a sudden, since I left the church and these new gifts, and I was, I was associating with different people and I was making new friends and we were talking all about UFOs and aliens and oh now we're talking about fairies and now I'm taking a, a witchcraft class with these amazing I don't think there were well there were some men in those classes but mostly women but these amazing women and you know they got me and I didn't have to be perfect my body didn't have to be perfect they could see that I had gifts and they weren't caring what kind of job I had or how much money I was making. They didn't have to be right. And just over time, I just started feeling, oh, this, this, is, this is the real me. This is the real me. And, and I, I'm a really cool person. And you know, when your grandkids are, are little, they think grandma is like the most wonderful thing in the world, especially if she comes to visit and brings presents. Okay, now that they're teenagers, yeah, grandma's here. Okay, whatever. <laughs> but when COVID hit and I couldn't see Mark, and before COVID hit, a friend of mine had, years ago, she recommended I write this book. And I thought, okay, you know, Mark's going to be writing something. No, no, you need to write your own story. I go, well, you know, there's nothing extraordinary about my story. No, you need to write your own book. And it took me several years and lots of notes and digging through my journals and whatever. And I'm thinking, oh, I guess I do have a story to tell and people might want to know. And there were things in that book that my older sister didn't even know about me. So she goes, I, I had no idea about that guy. I said, well, you know, I, there were things I didn't want to tell you. And through the process of writing my book and then also not seeing my husband, that may sound terrible, not seeing him every week. You know, I really, I really had to start standing up for myself. And I really had time to take care of myself more. Uh, I really had time to, oh, take that class because now it's all online. I don't have to drive anywhere and I don't have to drive to my clients. I can work at home and I'm going to take that class. I'm going to read that book. 
now now that I'm in Portland, I take a, I mean, I'm walking every day, even between the rainstorms, I'm walking. And so I'm taking care of my health, which was a huge thing for me. And, and but I'm, 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 I'm not being afraid to talk back. I don't care if I've been married to you for one day or one year or 20 years. If I, if I have something I need to say, and I don't agree with you, I'm going to say it. And, and that's the way I am. I, I am an important person and I have value and I'm not perfect and let's work out whatever it is, but it's, it's just who I am. And so, something lit a fire under me <laughs> and it's taken the, the fire kind of smoldered for a few years, but it's, it's really out there. And, and I told somebody the other day, I'm a badass witch. It's like, I'm 67 and I'm just badass. <laughs> it's like, you know, I don't go around turning people into toads or anything like that. I'm very calm. And, you know, I, I do my magic practice quietly and, but I'm, I've become visible to me. Yeah. And, and, and it's, it's so, my daughter is so proud of me, you know, it's like, you know, she, she had to go through all these marriages with me and the, the horrible stepdads and um, she never gave up on me. And, and now we're able to spend a lot of time together, but I don't know, some, something just clicked and I needed to start taking better care of myself. So in many realms. So I do self-care, I'm taking walks, I'm reading books, I'm taking classes, I'm still getting all my work done, my clients are still happy with me, <laughs> still writing my husband every day. You know, so, so not a lot has changed except my perception of myself yeah so yeah and you I mean because a person that like has been through so much with so you know so many different experiences that you've had you know with with love in general like that but I feel like COVID was a blessing for you I I see that yes because as I point out in my book I learned I did learn something now, I didn't learn it at the time, and I just said, I'm out of here, but I've learned, so every chapter, I wrote a chapter about every husband. It's like, okay, this is how awful he was, but here's what I learned, and here's what I got out of that. So I've got a whole list of things I learned, so, so that's good. I did learn things, so I, I do see, I, I do think you can you know, find a learning opportunity in every crappy situation. Uh, that being said, I'll be the first one to tell you if, if your partner is hitting you, don't stay there, <laughs> get out of there. It's like the one thing I did not do for myself and my daughter. And yes, I will freely. It's like, he never beat us to a pulp. You know, I, I never went to the hospital, but you know, I got slapped. I got hit up the side of my head. There was one time when I came home from a church service project and he'd been babysitting and my I think she was two. She might've been three at the time. My daughter's laying on the couch in her little pink robe and she's just laying there and I'm looking at her and she's got the biggest bruise on her face because he's hit her while I've been gone because maybe she talked back or maybe she didn't obey. And it's like, okay, I should have left right then. I should have called the cops. I should have told the church leaders. See all these, all these Mormon husbands of mine had everybody at church so fooled. 
And they thought, oh, he's this great Mormon and he's going to church and he's doing his, his little job in the church and he's serving. And together they make this great couple. They didn't know what they were like at home. You know, they did not know what they were like at home. And if you're being abused, call the cops. I, I regret to this day that I never called the cops. And, and yes, um, again, I, I, I did go to the doctor when he hit me upside the head and he's going, you know, what happened? Because what happened? I go, well, my husband hit me. Uh, uh, that's, you know, terrible. So I, I would say to people, don't, don't be afraid to get out of a really bad situation. Whatever that takes, just do it. And I'm grateful that I had family who could say, here's a, here's a plane ticket, get out of there. I should have done it a couple of years before, you know, before I did it, but I did it. And, you know, <laughs> so. Sometimes, yeah. I mean, I know for myself, cause I was in an, uh, an abusive relationship when I was 20. Um, mm -hmm. We were very toxic for each other. And um you know, because I just felt like I, I was 20. I, I was here. <laughs> my father passed away. I was working um, third shift at Waffle House. I was hosting at a restaurant, um, like a middle grade restaurant, but, but we served 500 people at a time. So it's big on the water uh, in Charleston, South Carolina. And also taking, you know, three college classes. And um, I was in the position where I, I, um, we didn't have a lot. So my dad didn't have a lot either. So, you know, with my tax money, I paid for his funeral and like, it was, oh. it was, you know, but it wasn't until like July when my mother, I was on the phone with her and she's like, you just, you know, you deserve better. And I guess I forgot that because I was living in such a reactionary mode. And a lot of times when you're going through those situations, you're in survival mode. So you're right. just reacting and you forget who you are. And I love that you found yourself. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I know that a lot of people, it, it, it's sometimes it's just one thing being said to them that really makes that switch turn back on. But right. you know, finding out what you like and what you love and really enjoying and becoming Joanne. And my, my husband was deployed um this past the, like 2021 like the like seven months of this year and um <laughs> I realized that there is a false sense of confidence that comes from being married to someone because you think because you have somebody that loves you you know you're good and then when I realized like I you know I just didn't realize this and I just I was like well um I'm by myself here. <laughs> I've got, you know, I've got to like do things that I, you know, that entertain me. I was, you know, training right. for a bikini competition at the time. I was working, I was doing this podcast, working uh, my full-time job, my coaching business, showing up for my clients, uh, my part-time job at a restaurant. And I mean, making friends and stuff like right. that, living right. my best life. <laughs> and um, it was really then that I was, I started to, get to realize who I was and, and just dive into so much more growth because we're always growing and becoming. Right. Right. And, um, 
I, I see a lot of similarities. And with COVID for me, I was, I just thought that was a lot of growth too. I, I was feeling so much gratitude during that time and always wanting to show up as a light, but getting distracted. I got hella distracted in 2020 with the election and, you know, the politics. That was, that was like my, my eager negative addiction. Like, oh, let me, let me, you know, freedom fighters, USA, you know, save America. <laughs> so, um, you know, and then I, but, and I feel like, you know, you, you can only see your growth through your reflection, not only, right. you know, but you see a lot of growth through, through when you're reflect, reflecting and learning the lessons. And um, one person said it before, and it was the first time I heard it. It was everything in life is a lesson, a lesson or a blessing. And <laughs> looking at life that way and trying to remember to keep that perspective um, and having a learner's mindset and really like just allowing myself to grow. That has been something that I, you know, I'm thankful for. And I'm, I, I'm also super thankful for the feminine uh, movement. You know, the feminist movement in the 70s. That's the one I'm, I'm really thankful for. Because, because I mean, you know, growing up in the 50s where you did, you know, you you were taught, like, this is the way that my life's supposed to be. So with that ideology, yeah. that's why I'm so amazed by how you are the person you are today. Well, it's interesting because my mom, I got, I, I'm not blaming my mom, but I got my codependent tendencies from her, you know. My dad was an alcoholic. She enabled that. She didn't stand up for herself. When he died, she didn't know how to pay a bill. And I go, what, what do you mean? You guys are paying bills every month, you know, for the whole time I, you know, saw you together. Oh, no, I was just putting the check in the envelope. My dad had total control of the money. And it's like, oh, my gosh. So for an example, I, you know, as a bookkeeper, I love to empower women who have no clue how to budget or um, pay a bill. So I've taught people how to, you know, okay, here's here's the money, here's what's in your bank account. And just because you have a debit card doesn't mean you've got money in the bank account. And here's how we're going to track it. And here's how you actually pay the bill. Now, I know not as many people as me, you know, hand write out checks anymore, but I still write out some, but, you know, here's how you pay bills and here, whether it's on, it's like, whatever. So uh, it, it's interesting to see, and, but while my mom was codependent, she was also looking at us three girls going, okay, I want you to all grow up to be independent women. <laughs> so, so she was just flabbergasted that I would, you know, turned my back on my family when husband number three said, you're not allowed to go see them. I'm mad at them. And it's like, she's going to have, how can you do that? You need to stand up for yourself. But yet she didn't really do that with my dad either. So it's, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing. And I, I loved, um, I don't know if you've read it, but I read Glennon Doyle's book called Untamed. And it's basically, you know, she, she's got a, not a lovely history. She's got a fascinating story too. And she's really well known now as being a, a speaker and, and whatever. But um, in her book, Untamed, she said, when heartbreak rings, answer the door. Heartbreak's one of the greatest clues of our lives. The thing that breaks your heart is the very thing you were born to help heal. Every world changer's work begins with a broken heart. So, you know, part of what I feel compelled to do these days is 
you know, if you want to buy the book, great. If you don't, that's fine. I'm happy to just sit and talk about it. And if if you want a safe place to talk about, you know, I, I'm not putting myself out there as a therapist because I I'm t- it's like I have my own therapist. You go get your own. But I'm happy to talk if you're if you're another woman in pain or, <laughs> you know, if you need the, the push to go to the therapist, you know, I'll be there for you. But it just, you know, and even back when I was married, it's like I heard a long time ago, it's like to attract your best mate you need to be the best you that you can be. And, and I have tended to forget that. So, you know, my husband has seen me change over these last couple of years with COVID. And um, <laughs> like, I don't know if he likes all of it or not, but it's like, this is who I am. And this is, I'm, I'm showing up for me and I'm showing up for the people that need to, to see me as I am today. And most everybody loves it. And you know, my friends and my family are just so thrilled with, you know, what's happened to grandma. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm ha- much happier. You know, there's still, there's still work to do. And, you know, again, I work with a therapist. I, I, I work with all kinds of people who help me work through my stuff. And because you, you're never done working on your stuff. We're never going to get to that point where we have to start working on our stuff. But again, take the time. And I'm not saying, well, ignore your husband or or ignore your partner or ignore your friends. Make time for that. But uh, make time for yourself. You you Don't get yourself so busy that you don't. And even if it's just an hour to go hide in the bathroom and read read, or just relax and have a, a cup of tea or something or a relaxing bath or go take that walk. You know, it's like one of the things that's helped me in my health push recently is okay, I'm a little stressed right now and I don't want to go eat that chocolate cookie in the kitchen. So I'm going to go take a walk just to get me away from the chocolate cookie in the kitchen. So find ways to deal with your stress. And that's helped me a lot just to learn new ways to deal with my stress. So there's a lot of components to getting better. and, And the other thing is the consistent theme in my life was I kept giving away my power, my personal power. Don't do that. Ladies, men, whoever's listening, don't do that. You're, you're a wonderful, valuable, powerful human being and own that. <laughs> and, and I loved, you know, you and I were chatting before. It's like, I loved that, that um, you did that whole episode on, okay, it's my sixth year an- marriage anniversary. And let's talk about what we learned. It's like, that is so cool that you've learned stuff in just the first six years and you're willing to, to do the work. So I applaud you for, you know seeing that it's, you know, okay, six years, everything's great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, it, it is not. I'm, I feel like I'm always like, I'm still working on fixing me to, right. know, to be the good that I want to see in the world. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I, I commented on somebody else's, um, post recently. And I was like, you know, she's like, you're smarter than me. I said, no, I'm just another healing soul. And, um, I, I, I really, that to me, it reminded you, your statement of like, we're always, you know, growing and we're always like working on ourselves and, and changing. It's, it's really, you know, cause we're never going to be just done and healed and stuff like that. That really reminded me of that comment that I left just being like a healing soul, because, you know, we're all on this planet going through our journeys, you know, and, um, also 
I saw this documentary on mushrooms. I'm huge with, like, I love being outdoors. Like I like to go hiking almost every day. I like to go on my walks. Like I really do. And I, I live, you know, in Illinois and I, I've got like trails guys. If you like to hike, there's this app called all trails, get on there. You can find all these awesome trails and they leave reviews for them. So, you know, <laughs> but, um, I was watching this thing on mushrooms and how on, it was a documentary on Netflix. I don't know if you've seen it, but how mushrooms have this whole system of healing and, de and decomposition and everything. And it made me look yes. at them so differently. So I even breathe different in, in those environments because I know I'm, I'm healing myself on so many other levels. Good, good. I, I didn't see that documentary, but I think my daughter did. And it is, you know, they're all interwoven and they talk to each other. And, you know, we, oh, I don't know what, where, what I was listening to, either, but, you know, as people and humans with our energy, we can connect with each other on the same way. And, you know, you, if, if you read my book, you'll find out it's like, okay, I talk to people on the other side through a channeling medium. And I love that. And number one, for two reasons. Number one, I've learned a lot of cool things from just people I didn't know that were really good teachers. And, and just talking about this, it's like there was a woman who came through one time who was a Druid priestess. I, I don't know. We'll just say in the medieval times because I don't exactly remember when, but she lived in France and she was talking to our group about all the oak trees that were in that area and how they all talk to each other. And, you know, it's 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 a magical thing. And so I just love being outside and I'm, you know, I'm talking to the trees when I'm going by and I'm thinking, you know, yesterday I was, I'm, it's always amazing. We've had rain for several days in a row here, but there's always a break or two so I can go out and get my walk and I will now walk. I won't walk in the torrential rain, but I will still walk if it's lightly raining. I don't care. I'll just throw on my boots and my, you know, jacket. And I'm one of the few people around here use an umbrella. Usually they know you're from California if you use an umbrella here in Oregon, but it's just just the lovely way that I know these things are communicating and they're watching out for me. But I also I have talked to oh I know we're almost out of time. It's like I've talked to my family on the other side. You know, my mom is so different now that she's gone and what she's learned and how she looks at me and she's so proud of me and she gets me. And I'll talk to my husband's dad who never knew me while he was alive, but he is so proud of me. You know, for not only for how well I take care of his son, but just for me standing up in my truth and just being out there. And it's like, it's so wonderful to get validation from live people, dead people. I don't, you know, I don't care. It's just not that I need it, but it's really good to hear it because I'm already feeling that validation. And I, I'm not seeing myself as like some conceited person. It's like, yeah, you know, no, I, I don't, I, I don't think I'm not going there. It's like, I'm just so happy in that I've discovered these things for myself, you know, and again, I know there's, there's moms out there who are so busy with their lives, but just take, you know, a 15 minute break. If you have to go lock yourself in the bathroom and have a cup of hot cocoa, you know, it's like, take a little bit of time for yourself because you're going to show up as a better person for your family. And how good is that? So I've been studying women, um, since I, you know, realized that like, cause when I was, what I first started working third shift at a Waffle House when I was 19 with a bunch of women that were 20 years older than me. And I realized how much I didn't know about life and that I needed to listen to those with experience. So I started doing that. And, um, I, uh, it's, 
for one, it's such a blessing that you have that opportunity to have that validation now in your life because so right. many people don't get it. Right. But successful women have always make time for themselves to put themselves first. They You're always right. take care of themselves. And that is what I've realized because it's like, um, listen, you cannot give from an empty tank. That's I right. want to give from my overflow. Hence why I don't have any children yet because I am still working on me. God is still working on me. And that is just what I'm, you know, I, I just, I know I, when the time comes, it will come because they right. them children are not waiting on me. I'm waiting on them because as <laughs> soon as they get here, I'm going to have to change my life up. You know, and I just, right now I'm still learning. <laughs> well, it, it, it's interesting. And I, I used to belong to a networking group and the owner of our, you know, regional franchise, she was big on scheduling and she goes, okay, I've got my manicures booked out a year in advance, my massages, my chiropractic. I mean, she's, you know, she's on it with her schedule. So you, you do, it's like, and most, most teachers I've heard, it's like, you have to schedule that time in for yourself. So, you know, I do, I do book out my massage for next month, the minute I'm done with this one. And, you know, <laughs> when I hang out I'm, with I'm my big friend. On massage. I booked the next time I'm going to hang out with them. I literally, I, I was scheduling my, my um, date nights with my husband. Really? I like, I, I'm, I'm, I guess it's the A type personality in me. And also like, that's what I coach on. Just ha having people have a more organized life so they don't have to live so reactionary. Right. You know? Right. But yeah, it's, it's so important. Even if it is just those 15 minutes, if that's all you got, you better take it. That's right. That's right. So wonderful. <laughs> much for this like I I learned so much and uh, you know thank you for allowing me like just to into your life and to, oh thank you you know explore like so much of what you have you know not so much just a little bit of what you have to offer the world and I mean guys her her book and other links are linked in the show notes below so definitely check them out it's been such a pleasure and thank you for shining your light in oh you're welcome you too and anytime you want to chat you know if your husband's deployed call me <laughs> thank <laughs> next you. time he's deployed call me Absolutely. Oh, well, thanks for having me this has been so much fun um, same i've had so it's such a great time thanks for listening to this episode of the empowered woman badass and unfiltered podcast. If you found any value in this, please consider sharing and subscribing. Now go out and be a badass. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.